Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. I'm still doing the sit thing. The good news is my ankle is getting better. Yay. So it's not quite there yet. <laughs> we're we're going <coughs> that, but not there yet. So... <laughs> So I was looking, ooh, that's not the screen I wanted. Okay, there we go. My little timer. Um, I was thinking about what I want to talk about today. And one of the things I've said for a while, and I haven't done it yet, is I really would like to start a meditation group. And then I was like, you know, why am I waiting to talk about meditation when it's, you know, I'm like, it hasn't happened yet, so we'll, we'll get to what we do. But then I was thinking, too, you know, I think a lot of people kind of see prayer as very separate from meditation, or they see them, some people see them as identical. Um, I know a lot of people I've talked to, they say, oh, I spend a lot of time in prayer. And I'll say, well, do you meditate? And they go, no. And I'll talk to a lot of the meditators, and they'll say, I don't pray. It tends to be kind of a one or the other a lot of times. Some people do do both, but I thought we would kind of tackle both of them today. Won't be hugely in-depth, but a little bit. Um, give you a couple of things that I've worked with over the years, especially in the prayer department, um, that I just find really useful, really easy to do. Because, you know, sometimes... I've had friends who did um, Science of Mind, and I think their prayer process is like 12 or 13 steps. Uh-huh. You know, and it's literally, you're like, you came and focus on prayer because you're like, oh my gosh, what's the next step? What's the next step, you know? Um, and so I thought, you know, it's kind of nice to just have an easy tool to look at. So I want to talk about that. So if you ask the, the reading we did, it was actually like five or six different passages. It's really interesting, the word pray, prayer, it's about 26 passages in the original edition, give or take a couple. Um, but it tends to be like one or two sentences, and then it just moves on. So I was kind of like, that was interesting. Meditation was only in four times. Three times in the, in the text, once in the workbook. And I thought, well, does that, you know, is the Course saying prayer is more important? Because it's disproportional in the numbers. But that was interesting. The one place meditation is talked about in the workbook is Lesson 124. And he just says, for your meditation today, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's basically assumed all the practice you've been doing in the workbook was a form of meditation. That word just wasn't used. So it's kind of an interesting, I was like, you know, because I've always thought that I thought a lot of the workbook is what I would say meditation is. And yet it doesn't mention it to 124, but it's kind of an understood, it seems to be. So we're going to talk about prayer a little bit to start. Um, says, uh, this is one, uh, sorry. It says, prayer is a natural communication of the created with the creator. Through prayer, love is received, and through miracles, love is expressed. For me, that's the big deal about prayer. Prayer is the creator, sorry, the created to the creator. It's us talking to God. The question is, is, does God need to hear us? And I've had a lot of people say to me, you know, if, if you come from a Christian tradition, a lot of times the prayer is, I'm asking God to do something. I'm asking God to change something. And I don't think that's necessarily what the Course teaches. There's a lot of traditions that don't teach that. Um, 
And I like, it says, especially, especially the next passage, it says, prayer is a way of asking for something. So you say, okay, I'm asking for something. Prayer is the medium of miracles, but the only meaningful prayer is for forgiveness, because those who have been forgiven have everything. Once forgiveness has been accepted, prayer is the usual, in the usual sense, becomes utterly meaningless. Essentially, a prayer for forgiveness is nothing more than a request that we may be able to recognize something we already have. Think of that. I love that last line. It says, prayer for forgiveness is nothing more than a request. We may be able to recognize something we already have. God doesn't need our prayers. Who needs our prayers? We do. Because we forget what we've got. And so if you have your prayer, be, oh God, I need, I need a new car, I need a, I need a new job, I need, you know, I need my friend to like me, whatever it is. Um, you're actually reinstating your need. You're saying, I'm lacking. The Course is saying prayer in the right usage. When you've understood forgiveness, you understand I'm complete. And prayer becomes a reminder of who you are, of what you are, that you are a child of God. Yet, what do we always say about our experience? We experience what? The thoughts. And so it says, you know, what you ask for, you'll receive. But this refers to the prayer of the heart, not to the words you use in praying. Sometimes the words in the prayer are contradictory. Now, isn't that a thought? The prayer and the words are contradictory. Sometimes they agree, it doesn't matter. So when we're praying, we may say something. God is, there's God's spirit, how you want to say it, isn't necessarily listening to your words. Because remember, your words are not necessarily what you mean. How many times do you say to somebody, you know, your best friend says, hey, does this outfit look, make me look fat? You know? And you're like, oh, no, you look great. You look fabulous. And you're like, oh, my gosh, her, yeah. Looks like, looks like a Mack truck back there. You know? We've all done it. And God goes, you know what? You don't need to BS me. You can say what you want. The prayer I'm responding to is what's in your heart, what's in your thoughts, what's in your consciousness. But the universe says, the universe, I think it's like a yes machine. It says, your consciousness is for this, I'll give you that. Now, it may be that your consciousness is, I want a peaceful life. If that's your consciousness, the universe is going to support you in that because you're going to experience your thoughts. If your consciousness is, everybody hates me, everybody picks on me. I had this experience yesterday. I went to my 25th. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. 25th high school reunion. Oh, oh. I was like, it was funny because everybody's like, you look the same. And I'm thinking, you don't, you look old. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, oh. Admittedly, I had an eye lift. I will admit that. So I was like, <laughs> I was like there was a little surgery involved. But, um, you know, I went and I was nervous about it. I wasn't, I was very much not really, yeah, my name tech. I wasn't like really engaged with people in my class. I was involved in my church, but nobody in my church was my class. And so it's like I kind of went to the reunion and kind of like, well, we'll see how this goes. And guess what I had? Yeah, it was okay. The people who I knew were talking to their good friends. The people who I didn't know didn't know me. Yeah, it was okay. You know, and I just thought that was such an example because I went very hesitant about it. And not knowing, well, maybe, you know, 
And so the universe just goes, yep, okay. If your consciousness, your prayer is for something, God goes, okay, you got it. But, and this is kind of cool, we're just saying you know, words don't matter because it's what's the consciousness. And yet words can be helpful, particularly for the beginner in helping concentration and facilitating the exclusion or at least the control of extraneous thoughts. I don't know how many of you have ever listened to Pema Chodron. I love Pema. If you ever listen to her, she's great. Little um, Buddhist nun. She was about 30. She, she didn't go into, the, into Buddhism until later. And she tells a story where she says, you know, I was out in New Mexico in front of our Pueblo house, <coughs> looking at the sunrise, enjoying the beauty of it. I hear my husband drive up, closes the car door. He comes around the corner and says, honey, I'm leaving you. I found somebody else that I've been with for several months now. And she picked up a rock and threw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she's now, she, she's just a very popular speaker. She wrote the book called When Things Fall Apart. Great book. Um, but she talks about, she'll say, you know, especially the Buddhist tradition, the role she's in, they spend hours a day in meditation. Hours. And she says, a lot of times, the only time she's present in the room with her meditation is when the gong starts and at the last gong. And the last gong, she's like, oh my gosh, what happened? You know? And so the Course is, you know, it recognizes we do that. So it says, you know, even though the prayer is going to be answered by your consciousness, go ahead and use words. It'll help you focus. It'll help you keep, you know, not, you know, talk, think about like, I did, I did Vipassana retreat one year, 10 days not speaking. And I want to say about six to eight hours a day of meditation. Might have been more. I'll tell you, the afternoon meditation, I was in like, you, it was all vegetarian meal. And if it's your first time, you are allowed to have fruit for dinner. If it's not your first time, you only get beverages at dinner. I'll tell you, afternoon meditation was food porn. I was like, <laughs> I could cut a banana and I could squeeze some orange juice on it. And I could, you know. And guts is, you know, the course is saying, Use some words. If you're going into what's for lunch, what's for dinner, go ahead and use the prayer, but understand, even if you don't say it right, the prayer is bringing your consciousness towards what you already are. Mm -hmm. And that the universe is going to respond to your consciousness. There's two prayers I want to share with you, um, which I love, and I find them really, really useful. One is just the golden key. If you ever get a chance, I would encourage you to um, Google it. Golden, golden Key was by Emmett Fox. He passed away in 1951, so before the course. And yet he basically repeats what part of the course says. I'm just going to read the first three words of the workbook 183. It says, repeat his name. Repeat his name as a form of prayer. So the golden key talks about that and it says for the actual method of working like all fundamental things it's simplicity itself all that you have to do is this stop thinking about the difficulty that can be tough whatever it is and think about God instead this is the complete rule and if only you will do this the trouble whatever it is will presently disappear it makes no difference what kind of trouble it is it may be a big thing or a little thing it might concern health, finance, a lawsuit, a quarrel, an accident, or anything else conceivable. But whatever it is, just stop thinking about it and think of God instead. That is all you have to do. 
And it says, we have said that the golden key is simple, and so it is, but of course, it is not always easy to turn. If you're frightened or worried, it may be difficult at first to get your thoughts away from material things. But by con constantly repeating some statement of absolute truth that appeals to you, however mechanical or dead it may seem at first, you will soon find that the treatment has begun to take and that your mind is clearing. I love that because this is what? The treatment's taking you. When you're saying God is all-powerful, God is loving, God is loving, you know, there may be that part of your brain that's like, God's loving and I need $50 to pay my gas bill, you know? <laughs> but if you keep thinking God is loving, God is loving, God is loving, that's reminding you of what you already have, that you have a loving father who's going to provide for you, who's going to take care of you. So the golden key just simply is, according to boxes, come up with something about God that's supportive for you and think about it. Mm -hmm. And you find if you keep thinking about the attributes of God over and over and over, it gets harder to be like, God, God, is, God provides all my needs. God provides all my needs. Oh, wait, God provides all my needs, but the gas bill. <laughs> well, if you say it enough times, guess what? You start listening to yourself and you start believing it. So that's one. That one's the one I use it a lot just very quickly. You know, something comes up, I'm like, okay, God, 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 God. The second one was actually given to me by a friend. Um, and I love it. It's an acronym. He called it God's Prayer. And this is one I do this one every single day. And he, his name is Ron Troutman, really sweet man. I want to say about his 60s. He and his partner attended my last church. He's transitioned. He had, I think, cerebral palsy. And so he... Um, I knew him for several, about three, four years, and then he declined very quickly, and he transitioned um, about a year ago. He came up with the God's Prayer. It was funny because he shared it with a couple of us, and then three months later, we're like, the God's Prayer is so great. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, you know the God's Prayer. He goes, no, don't remember it. Um, and it's really good because it gives a structure to your prayer. It keeps you formatted, but it's only four letters. It's God's Prayer, G-O-D-S. Gratitude is G. I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for the life I have. I'm thankful for all the things God has done for me. O is offering it up. Recognizing what are the things that I am holding on to that aren't supporting me. I offer up the thought that my sister is living a life that I think she shouldn't be. I offer up that I'm scared about paying some of my bills. I offer up that I'm tired of going to physical therapy. I offer up, you know, whatever. And you're basically saying, I'm going to take these things and put them on the altar. I'm letting God have them. D is declare, which is really the purpose of prayer, but you kind of got the junk now cleared out. D is declare, you're recognizing what you already have. God is my source. All things are working together for my good. I am at peace in the home of God. And then S is a little reminder that we share the blessings with all beings because we're one with them. So you have gratitude, offering it up, declaring the truth, and sharing it with others. It's a nice, easy four-step prayer. You're using words, it keeps you focused, and at the same time, you're affirming the truth of who you are as a child of God. So that would be, I've got to look at my time real quick. Um, so my suggestions on prayer. Meditation, we're just going to cover quickly. Um, you get to hear lots of different meditation styles. 
I love that about here because every person that comes up and speaks does a totally different meditation. I tend to do something with light. That's my habit. Um, I tend to do a lot of breath work. But for me, here's the big difference. What do we say prayer is? Prayer is the created to the creator. Meditation, it says, is a collaboration venture with God. It's the creator to the created. It's the other way. It's the street coming back to us. There's a lot of different forms of meditation. The workbook gives several forms. Sometimes the workbook will say things like, here's a thought, sit and repeat this thought. Some people call that a mantra. Some people call that transcendental meditation. It's the opportunity to, and it, you can even say it's the golden key, it's a means of taking a thought and reworking it, of moving it into our consciousness over and over so that we hear it. Sometimes the workbook will talk about just sit and be quiet, sit and be still. Allow God to speak to you. Some people call that Zen meditation. Allow spirit to do that. For me, I find if you just, and like I said, you know, Pema's great. Pema's like, don't even, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll say that type of meditation doesn't work. She's like, you can't empty your mind. Byron Case is the same thing. She's like, your thoughts are going to come. One of the nice things which I was wanted to do today was the breath. If you're trying to do, uh, I want to empty my mind and allow, just try to be open to hearing spirit, you do breath work. Feel into the breath. I'm inhaling. I'm exhaling. It becomes a nice, slow rhythm, but it allows your mind to be open. You're focused, but you're not thinking as much because you've got this single thought. And then one other type of meditation it talks about in the workbook is examining your thoughts, mindfulness. I love mindfulness. It can be really annoying. <laughs> mindfulness is you're being mindful of your thoughts. And sometimes you'll read the course, especially in the earlier lessons, they'll say, you know, watch what thoughts skitter by your brain. That's mindfulness. The thing is, is, and I love the thought of, we're not our thoughts. You don't have to listen to the voice in your head. And so it says, you know, and I love, you know, it's funny because it's, you read through the text and look, I had um, Leslie read for us the one workbook, which actually uses the word meditation, says, you know, devote a half an hour. And I'll say, you know, if you're just starting with meditation, a half an hour is really long the first couple of times. <laughs> um, but then it also will say in the text, it says a lifetime of contemplation, long periods of meditation aimed at detachment from the body are not necessary. They're not necessary. We don't have to spend hours in meditation. But the flip side is, is if we're so busy that we don't get the opportunity to pause and to hear if God's trying to speak to us, it's like, you know, I used to, when I got out, I remember this from high school. I didn't, you know, high school student. Do you really want to talk to mom every day? Right? I would get in the car and first thing I did is put on my headphones. And that's how we are with God. We get so busy in our lives, we're like, putting on the headphones, I don't want to listen. Meditation gives the opportunity. We've prayed, we've shared with God, we've brought our focus back to who and what we are. And then meditation gives us the opportunity to listen to God and say, okay, I'm here, what would you have for me to hear today? A lot of times that's the thing to ask is, what do you want me to know? What questions do I need to ask? 
Sometimes we go into meditation expecting that we know the answer. And the point of meditation is to be open to the question. So I would encourage you to look at both of those. You may find for meditation, there's a lot of styles out there. I mentioned several. There's also Kundalini, there's Kriya, Vipassana, which is the, it's a really intense body focused meditation. I'm going to say to you, I don't feel there's a certain meditation type that's right. I think that's partially why the workbook gives us different types of meditation. Because you find what supports you in being open to hearing God and hearing what you're to do with your life. So, thank you. That's 20 minutes. <laughs> with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.